All right. So, Matt, I'm going to ask you first. Oh. How have you suffered today? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, so, I woke up today and I took a shower. And I turned the faucet all the way to hot. Because that's just how you heat up the water well. And then I got in without, like, testing the temperature. And it was, like, scorching hot. And that just, like, wasn't good. And then I turned it all the way back to cold. Because <laughs> I was super hot. And then... Yeah, I just got like this super cold flash and oh, it was just awful and That's bad. It was really bad. I just couldn't That's not fun. I couldn't handle it. Physical suffering, yeah. Yeah. So you can ask someone now. Lauren, how have you suffered today? <laughs> We're just gonna do a general statement because my morning was just rough. It was just a mess this morning, and so we're just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> but use your imagination. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. It really was. Um, but, you know, after a while, I was just sitting there and I was like, I just need to pray. So I just prayed and mm. just let it, just let God take that from me. So good. Yeah, we're, we're fine now. That's we're good. good. That's good. That's important. All right. Athena. Ooh. I, so I'm currently watching my mom's dog and I've learned how spoiled he is. I'm only watching one of them. So today my suffering was that um, we've been playing a game of can he go outside without a dog treat or not, especially when he has to actually use the bathroom. Um, and I lost this morning. So I think I'm going to have to run to see him soon because we're getting very low on dog treats. It's like almost every time he goes out and the dog mm. loves to be outside. Right. It's very spoiled. So that's mm. my suffering. How about you? How did you suffer today? Yeah. Um, mine was probably a little more of like an emotional social suffering. Um mm. I was in a, a team meeting earlier and I just feel like a fool. I didn't come prepared as well as I should have. And um, there were things that I was supposed to bring that I forgot. So yeah, just kind of a humiliation suffering. Um, Those are never fun. Yeah. But we'll pick back up next week. It'll be fine. Awesome. Yeah, you will. Awesome. Absolutely. All right, let's get started. <laughs> My name is Lauren. I'm Athena. And I'm Matt. And today we have a special guest, Branson Schrader. Um, I'll let him introduce himself. My name is Branson Schrader. <laughs> I'm good friends with Matt. Uh, I'm a missionary with Focus at the University of Toledo and was kindly asked to join today. So thank you guys for having me. Yeah, Thanks for being happy here. to have you. Thank you so much. Um, before we jump into our topic, which hopefully the intro kind of gave you guys a little insight into what that is, um, I first want to invite you all to join Awaken Nation. So if you appreciate or love what we're doing here um, at Awaken Catholic, you can help fund us by donating um, whatever you would like to and joining Awaken Nation. So we really, really appreciate all the support that we've received so far and are continuing to get. And if you haven't done this yet, then you super need to because this is where all the cool people are. You need to get the Awaken Catholic app. So this is a really awesome way to grow in a Catholic community and also get to know us hosts, not just from quarantine, but any of our shows here. Um, and to kind of give insight into the shows yourself. Um, so if you haven't done that, head to your app store and download that today. 
And today's episode is brought to you by Casa Bea Cleaning Service. Casa Bea is a one-stop shop for all things clean. If you live in the Northwest Ohio area, Casa Bea is the ideal option to keep your residence, commercial, or new construction clean. Casa Bea is also one of the only services in Northwest Ohio that provides deep and professional carpet cleaning. Most importantly, right now during the pandemic, keeping your home and offices clean and COVID-19 free is of the utmost importance, and it happens to be a specialty of Casa Bea. This includes doorknobs, light switches, surfaces, ATMs, everything. Get the peace of mind of knowing your home or commercial environment is professionally clean by visiting casabeacleaning.info today. All right, so today we are going to talk about suffering. Um, and I personally have this like weird attachment to suffering. It was actually what I focused on senior year. Um, I did a whole paper on John Paul II and his suffering. Um, so it's like weird because I tell people that I love suffering, but I don't actually love suffering. <laughs> um, so I'm excited for this one. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. Um, so have any of you ever been mad at God? A lot. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like I feel like, I don't know, I feel like part of suffering is our immediate reaction maybe to blame someone that mm -hmm. hasn't done it. I know for me, like there's a lot of times where I take things out of my mom. Sorry, mom. I know <laughs> you may be watching this, um, but I think like sometimes the people that are closest to you are the people that you take things out on a lot. And yeah. I think that can be super true with God, especially if you have that relationship with God and you know, you have that prayer um, mm -hmm. and you go to him for things, but then all of a sudden, like when something doesn't go well, you just get really mad. And then you start to blame him for things that, especially when you know that like he could potentially control that, mm -hmm. you know, that he could, why didn't like, why didn't you stop this? Or why am I having to go through this? Um, so mm -hmm. I think that blaming aspect can happen a lot. And I think it's really hard for us because normally like in our day-to-day -day lives and in the world, suffering isn't looked at as like a beautiful thing. Um it's kind of looked down upon. And if you are suffering and you're supposed to like keep it quiet, right? Because we want to like pretend that we have it all together and we're super strong. Um, and, and really like the reason that I wrote a whole paper on this and studied it, cause it's kind of like, it's a cool topic, but when you tell people that you spent like at the last semester of your senior year, um, focusing on suffering, it sounds kind of like <laughs> depressing. Um, but it's a really cool topic because in the Catholic church, there's so much beauty with suffering. And I think Christ is the perfect example of that, right? Like his, his death was not one that was fun. Like as my kids say all the time, when we walk into a church, my three-year-old's like, there's Jesus on the cross and he has boo-boos. Right. And that's, that's what it is. Like yeah. it's, it's not a fun death. Um, you know, Palm Sunday just happened and, um, we sit there and we we kind of listen to Jesus being condemned and none of that is fun and it was all suffering. Like he's asking God if it's possible um, to like pass. Like if it's possible, let me let me peace out and do this a different way. Um, and there's real beauty in him embracing that suffering. Yeah, I think suffering is like amazing just because like our entire life <clears throat> is going to have suffering within it, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's a, a grace that God gives us to be able, like, and we'll talk about it more later, but um, to be able to <clears throat> be in that suffering within him and being Catholic, yeah, I think it's a great way to just kind of understand, get a little glimpse, get a little piece of what, like, the Lord actually did for our life. Um, and it's not like suffering is going to go away. It's not like something we can just say, okay, this is what we're going to fix. 
Um, so how are like our mindset, um, especially being Catholic. Yeah. I think that's a grace because we can have a view on that that not many people get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like there's sub there's such redemptive power to suffering more than really, I, I would, I would argue almost anything else mm-hmm. that goes on in our lives. Like yeah. you mentioned Christ how did he choose to save the world? Primarily, I would argue through suffering, right? Yeah. yeah. Coupled with love, right? Mm-hmm. Charity is is what allows suffering to have uh, an impact on ourselves and on others. Um, but to that same degree, like we, we are participate, we are able to participate in the redemption of souls uh, of our own and of others through um, offering our our sufferings up uh, with Christ on the cross. Um, which is, yeah, I think a beautiful thing to reflect on this uh, specifically, you know, during Holy Week. Yeah. And I think um, another thing to reflect on maybe too would be the book of Job. If you guys have read the book of Job, you know that Job suffered a lot. Um, And he, you know, he was a great follower of Christ and he was devoted and, you know, was doing everything right pretty much. And he didn't understand like, why he had to go through so much and why so much was happening to him in his life, why he had to suffer so much. Um, and you know, he was angry. He, he constantly was like Mm -hmm. questioning and wondering why all of this stuff was happening. And I'm listening to the Bible New Year podcast by father Mike Schmitz. And this, when we were talking about Job, um, well, he was talking about Job. Um, we got to the end. So spoiler, but (laughs) we got to the end and he said the answer to Job isn't logic or reason it's himself it's a person it's jesus himself Mm -hmm. um and i think that leads us directly to the cross Mm. and i think like for me i think one of the reasons that i would i felt so called to suffering as i studied theology um one i grew up with grandparents that suffered really bad um my grandma Mm. had ms so i remember taking my friend over for the first time she couldn't speak she lost her leg um, and she had like moans and grunts and like for family, we all knew what that meant. But I remember being in, um, I had to have been like second grade taking a friend for the first time. Cause I was kind of that weird kid that like going to grandma's house all weekend and not playing with friends. That was the fun thing to do. So I brought a friend and it was super uncomfortable because one, there's a human with only one leg laying in a bed and two, she can't talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and my grandpa ended up going through, um, cancer and they died within a month of each other. So mm-hmm. For me, suffering's always kind of been a part of my life, but my mom always taught me that it was such a beautiful thing. Um, And so I felt called to it. And then I fell in love with JP too. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not kidding. He's one of my favorite people that I wish I would have met when he was here. Um, And there's something that Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger states. um, This is like way back when JP two first gets sick um, and he's starting to kind of like, really like suffer in the public eye. And he, um, his quote is that the pain is written on his face. His figure is bent and he needs to support himself on his pastoral staff. He leans on the cross on the crucifix. Um, and yeah. Okay. He leaned like he's physically leaning, you know, on his staff on, on Jesus. But if you listened to him preach even as he's suffering if you listen to or just watch videos of him you know still coming out um to saint peter's square and and greeting the sheep right 
you see that like physically he is suffering, but if you hear him, he even though like it is like Parkinson's is taking over, it's so bad. He is so joyful. Like he's so joyful. And like I watch that and I'm like, I don't think I could do that. Like I I think of times like I get a terrible stomach ache and I'm like, I don't think I don't think I can be a youth minister today. Like I have to be done. Right. And that is nothing compared to what he went through. And he was leading the church and he was still open to Christ. And for me, that was like, I think even as a, as a Catholic church, that was eye opening to the beauty of suffering. And I think that brought so many more people into, into our, our churches because our leader looked fragile and broken, but yet he was like such a strong and holy Pope, like amazingly. I don't know. I just, that, that one, like for me, and it was cool too, because growing up with a grandma who like physically everybody could tell suffered. Well, people came in the house um, to see someone who who was also suffering, not in the same way, but like just as drastically lead his life and not let the fire in his heart for Christ go out um, is huge. Because I think so many of us like little sufferings, right? Like we get that F on a test and we're like, what the heck, God? Come on, I prayed. Um, or like you and your best friend get in a fight over, whatever it is, a boy, a girl, whatever. And it's it's like silly sufferings that in the moment they seem big, but we immediately turn to God as like this, like Lauren said, like this has to be your fault. Like I didn't mess this up. It has to be you. Um, where we've been graced with such beautiful saints um, and holy figures in our church that suffered so, so willingly and so severely, and yet they continued their mission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that I want to keep pointing to the cross. That's because we need to allow his suffering to touch our suffering. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard to do because he was crucified so long ago, but we have to remember that it's still so real. Mm -hmm. And like he, that was the ultimate sacrifice that anyone could do for you. Mm -hmm to go through all of that pain, to suffer that much. And another cool thing to think about with his crucifixion is um, like the quote, you know, by his stripes we were healed. And thinking and looking on the cross and um, especially just watching the passion, like that Mm -hmm. completely changed like my view of um, him being crucified and just like, Every time he was beaten, every stripe on his back, on his body, like that is a sin. That is a suffering that he endured for us. Mm. I think it's good to note, like, suffering was in the world, obviously, before Mm -hmm. Jesus came, you know? Um, And he, he he didn't come to change suffering. He just changed, he came to transform it and, like, when he's up on that cross, suffering for all of us, he's not getting rid of suffering. You know, he's 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 saying, no, we suffer because of a greater meaning. Mm-hmm. No, there's an eternal perspective we need to have, like when we're in the midst of a suffering, right? Um, of this isn't all there is, you know, um, and and God didn't intend suffering in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. In the garden before the fall that there was no suffering right? right even even though adam was asked to work there was 
there was something about the work that was life-giving. Mm-hmm. It was only after the fall that like work became toilsome. Um, that, you know, even like childbirth became yeah. painful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks Adam and Eve. <laughs> right. Um, but from the beginning, like it wasn't that way, but the cool thing is that like, okay, suffering's not going anywhere. Like we've mm-hmm. mentioned, but Christ came in to take something that's already here that that's looked at as very, as a very bad thing in our world and our culture yeah. and to say, no, like there can be redemptive qualities of this. Um, there can even be joy found in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to your point about JP too, like, and, and, and all the saints, like, um, God wants our holiness more than our happiness. In some senses, I think we could, we could argue that he wants our eternal happiness. Right? Yeah. Right. But on this side of heaven, he's going to, he's going to allow things and give us things that make us a holier person, but might not make us happy at the time. And I, but I think uh, that's maybe one side of it. But then you can see the other side that like uh, all over the gospels, um, we see the followers of Christ experiencing great suffering, both mm-hmm. physical pain, humiliations, all spectrums. But then there's often a, a accompaniment of joy. And I don't think that happens overnight. That's certainly not something that um, is, is always going to be like in the moment of, of suffering, we have this great happiness. I don't think that's what it means. Um, but I think someone like JP two, who's, who's, who hasn't tried to fight suffering, you know, mm-hmm. he spent his whole life just allowing the Lord to give him what he thought was best and trusting and hoping that eventually he, he knew that in the midst of suffering, I can be joyful because I see the end that's coming about, um, from this thing the Lord's allowing. And I think it's important to remember, like we talk about saints, um, and holy people, but they like, these are still, there's, this is still happening with people that we are face to face with every day. Um, sometimes we don't always see the sufferings, but I know when I started at St. Joe's, um, I think a little over five years ago, I was starting with our confirmation program and one of our teachers, um, was diagnosed. I want to say it was her third time with cancer and, um, an older woman. And can I tell you, I have never met someone more joyful. So she would, when she could, when she felt up to it and didn't have chemo, um, she would come to class and she'd always bring a little like notebook with her. And as kids were sharing different things, she would jot stuff down. And, and like, I remember sitting there and I was like, what is she? They're like pouring their hearts out. You're not supposed to write this down. So I went up to her afterwards and I was like, um, I just have to ask you like what you're writing. And she said, this is my prayer journal. I take it with me to chemotherapy. Um, and every time a teen shares something hard, I write their name in here. And so she's like, so I go through and she's like, and normally my chemotherapy, I can get through this whole book and I go through and I say a prayer individually for each person. And I just sat there like, what? Like I can't on my hard days, I don't always pray. Right. And those aren't like anything compared to going through chemotherapy. Um, and she, you know, she is to this day, one of the most joyful people I have ever met. And if you hear her story, like you can't help but wonder like, why, how, what, how did you do that? Like what, how did you lift up those sessions in chemotherapy and, and give them to the Lord? Um, how, how did you stay joyful that whole entire time? Lead your grandkids still back to the church. I can't tell you how many grandkids went through that. She was their confirmation sponsor while she's battling all of this like crap. And so I think it's important to remember that there are people 
in grocery stores that you're meeting, at school, um, in your church, right? Anywhere that they are maybe silently suffering. We don't see it, but they're so joyful. And if you get, if you take the time to get to know them, um, I promise you that you will learn something and maybe even that suffering that they're going through will lead you closer to Christ because suffering is never meant to be super negative and end on that note, but it's supposed to be redemptive. It's supposed to have praises and joyful things with it. Mm -hmm. And it's our job to kind of find what those are instead of just sitting in the suck. AKA the resurrection. Yes. Yes. Awesome. There was, um, that just reminds me of a story you said, like suffering is meant to draw us towards Christ, whether we're already following him. But I think, and in my own, my own story, it was, uh, having almost to experience like a rock bottom place. Mm. Um, but my, my wife leads a Bible study and, and one of the girls in it recently told her this story about when, you know, uh, when the, the big quarantine was going Mm -hmm. on when COVID first hit and this girl, um, is one of the most faithful girls that comes to her Bible study at this point. But at that time she had, she had no faith. She wasn't raised in any sort of Mm. Christian, uh, church. There was, there was, there was no faith, um, uh, in her experience yet. And she just found herself suffering, depressed, anxious, um, isolated. Mm. And literally like the Lord must have went to her in that time. And and she went on Amazon, bought a Bible started reading it, started praying just like because she'd heard about people praying. She'd heard about people reading this book called the Bible. And when classes started back up, like she providentially was, was led to this Bible study. And now she's, um, yeah, she came to mass last week. That's so cool. So so just ways that the Lord has, um, drawn near in the midst of, of suffering and pain. Um, it's beautiful. I think to just kind of wrap this episode up, um, I think that we need to remember that Jesus suffered more than we ever will here on earth, even if it seems like the worst <laughs> it's the end ever. of the world. Yeah. Like, um, which I'm not saying your suffering is nothing. Like, I know that we all go through our own suffering in some way, but of all people, he is the one that will be able to help you through it. So just yeah. keep that in mind Amen. as you go through your life and um, through whatever suffering that you may have right now. So, And I know there's a lot more to this topic, but we are going to take some time to dive in a little bit deeper into um, some more aspects of suffering, like free will um, and some other things. So tune in next time. And we were so glad you took the time to listen. Bye, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. This show and all media on Awakened Catholic is made possible by the Awakened Nation and the Hollow app. The Awakened Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org donate. Hollow is the only audio guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hollow.app slash awaken.